Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Shutdown averted. McCarthy pushing aside conservatives, going to the Democrats and saying, here's the continuing resolution. And it passes. Goes to the Senate. And it passes. Signed late Saturday night by President Biden. The government will be open for 45 more days. This has Representative Matt Gates saying that we should be filing a motion to vacate the speaker. Tony Katz at 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Great to be able to do this. We got a night with WIBC on Wednesday presented by Relay Indiana and my segment presented by Premier Arms. Appreciate them. Really appreciate Relay Indiana bringing this uh, to you. I have been preparing. I've been writing. I feel good uh, uh, about it. I only hope you will find it as enjoyable as I do. That is uh, Wednesday night, a night with WIBC. I think there's still some chances to win some tickets out there. Check WIBC.com. Uh, but I will uh, I will see you there. Uh, have we answered the question of whether or not I can smoke on stage? Because that's my plan. We'll see uh, what happens. Uh, Relay Indiana, thank you. Premier Arms, thank you. Uh, Matt Gates is going to, as I said... Um, try to push to have McCarthy moved out. There are people who are looking to expel Matt Gates. I will break this all down on Tony Katz today at noon. I have reached out uh, to uh, Congresswoman Victoria Sparts. I've reached out to Congressman Jim Banks. I'm going to reach out to some other members of Congress for their take on what's happening. Is McCarthy going to be gone? Should he be gone? What needs to happen? Is this party uh, in, in, in the House really that fractured? Are there massive disagreements or just a couple of uh, couple of disagreements, but they just have some intensity? Let's see where we're at. Let's really understand it. Uh, and then I, I came across this. That Two Chicks District Company is going to close. Mina Hawk, Karen Lane, Good Bones... Uh, they uh, they have decided to end the show, or I should say really, uh, Mina has decided to end the show on HGTV, which was based right here in Indianapolis. And now the business that they created, it was a store. They've decided to close the store. Um, one of the things that Mina Hawk has said, and I'm not trying to put words in, in, in her mouth, I'm going by what she has discussed, is that the city of Indianapolis made it tougher to be able to do these renovations. Made it more difficult to do these renovations. And then she says, um, you know, as a small business, the store has faced numerous challenges. 
especially during these unprecedented times, during COVID. And she continues, I wanted that to be a cool spot for local people to come, and they just don't. And they just don't. Bates Hendricks, they just, they just don't. I read that I, just just now. I read that it made me think of when you you see areas that uh, people call food deserts. They're 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 not food deserts. What a silly statement! If you have a supermarket or a bodega or a uh, uh, some type of of grocery in a location and nobody goes to it, or it continually gets robbed, or it continually has vagrancy or other issues, that store probably won't survive. Stores don't survive where communities don't support stores. That's just fact. This store couldn't survive either and had celebrity behind it. If we don't start recognizing there are real issues in Indianapolis, there's real issues with with small business. They canceled the show and they closed down the store. They're going to close down the store. Am I the only person who thinks there's a story there? I've only met uh, Mina and and Karen a couple of times at some uh, fundraiser event stuff. Lovely. A hoot. Uh... But I'd love to talk to them about it. That is a that is a one-on-one, really, a two-on-one I would love to do. Ending the show, not thinking the city was helpful, closing your business. Is there something Indianapolis should take from this? We're going to go inside Indiana business with Gary Dick next. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. There are weird things, cool things, fun things happening all across Indiana. But the craziest thing that's coming is the eclipse. It is coming in 2024. There is this thin band that goes across the country, not east to west, but south to north, going east to west. And it goes directly over Indianapolis. And the money it expects to bring to the state of Indiana? Millions. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. This is the weirdest windfall. Where'd my music go? This is the weirdest windfall to come across the state. Small towns, big cities like Indy. Everybody's going to make some money from this, Gary Dick. Let, let's hear him say it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, 
I thought the same thing. Absolutely crazy. Total eclipse next April. Uh, the last time Indianapolis was in the path, I love the musical uh, undertones there, Tony. Too. Yeah, you can get rid of that now, Jonathan. Uh, but like it, it. it's, this it. is a, tell the story. This is nuts. It is nuts. Uh, 800 plus years ago was the last time there was a total eclipse. As you mentioned, there is a, a, a thin band through Indiana from southwest to northeast through the state where this is going to be visible. This, this total eclipse, three or four minutes, total darkness. Uh, Indianapolis, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Evansville, Muncie, uh, Bloomington, number of communities. But the crazy thing is uh, they expect maybe more than a million people <laughs> to come into Indiana to be involved in watching this next year. And the economic impact is, is huge. They're already in small towns around the state of Indiana seeing hotel rooms being booked uh, and getting rates of like twelve hundred bucks a night uh, around the state of Indiana. So, and and the way this thing goes, it it just happens to actually go over Indianapolis near right. perfectly. Yeah. But everywhere along the line, some people are gonna be like, "Too many lights in Indianapolis." Too many lights for an eclipse. I want to be in these smaller places. There, there's just a tremendous amount of places to 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 see this. When you say rooms are going for twelve hundred a night, that isn't the only thing going on. Are restaurants preparing? Are are cities actually trying to do any improvements to? Well, while they're here, let them think of it as a fun place to come visit and maybe do some yep. other work or maybe do some other buying. No, no question about it. Visit into here in Indianapolis doing that, making preparations and uh, going to be going all out to kind of showcase Indianapolis, if, if you will. But communities around the state are doing it uh, as well. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, is planning a huge event uh, around this. And as I understand it, they're working with NASA in terms of tracking this uh, this total eclipse and uh, the optimum uh, time for viewing and all those kinds of things. So you're going to begin to hear a lot more about this. I was I knew this was coming. I had no idea of the enormity of it. And uh, from a business standpoint, you're seeing communities, as you say, it's a, it's a, it's a swath all the way from Evansville up uh, kind of south of Fort Wayne uh, in the north, uh, northeast will be, uh, will be able to view this. But Indianapolis is right in the sweet spot uh, of, the, uh, of this total eclipse. Talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com on, on Twitter, the X, at IIB, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick, uh, on uh, X, on Twitter. The state of downtown Indianapolis, you've got that, that headline, a lot of reasons for optimism in downtown Indy. Uh, very often, uh, Gary, I see these kinds of commentaries as nothing more than... Um, propaganda for for the city as opposed to what we who live in indianapolis the people i should say who live in indianapolis experience on a daily basis uh taylor schaefer was a part of mayor hogsett's team uh, she now runs downtown indy uh, you uh spoke with her i should say uh you know uh inside indiana business did what did you learn what is it that they are saying about what's happening with indy uh, the numbers, and of course, as you suggest, you know, downtown India is certainly going to put a positive uh, spin on this. But they do, uh, they did release last week in their state of downtown uh, uh, some numbers that that show 
things recovering. You know, Indianapolis, let's face it, uh, has been slow to recover from the pandemic and the, 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 the violence and the riots that occurred three years ago. Been slow to recover from that. But the numbers released by downtown Indy point to uh, increases in people working downtown, beginning to get more people uh, in downtown Indianapolis. The residential side, although mortgage rates uh, uh, obviously are playing a, a, a role uh, in kind of softening this, but uh, uh, more people beginning to live downtown. They say demographically, it's not just millennials and empty nesters, but some families are beginning to move downtown. They also point, very importantly, to about $2 billion in projects that are underway or on the books right in the heart of downtown from um, you know, what's going on at Gainbridge Fieldhouse to Alanco to uh, the Indy 11 project, a number of others as well. So they, they point to all of those things to, to paint the picture that there are reasons for optimism that, that things are getting better. You know, crime, cleanliness, those issues that certainly exist. Uh, they say they're addressing that with several million dollars in funding to, uh, to address those issues, uh, which are very real as well. But do they... I, I don't want to get political with you. I try very hard never, ever to get political with, with, with you. But I, I don't think it's political to note the issues uh, of the capital city. Do they even acknowledge that the, these issues exist? And do they ever discuss with you the reason for these issues? Do they ever lay blame anywhere? Not, not laying blame in terms of pointing uh, to uh, different people or organizations, whatever the, the, the case might be. You, you know, the fact of the matter is that that certainly these, these last uh, couple of years, as you look at issues that many cities are facing, but crime and homelessness, those, those types of things, it's been an issue. It is an issue for Indianapolis, and it is something that the business community uh, is, is very well aware of and very concerned about. There's, there's no getting around that. That, that, that exists. The question is how what what is being done, what will be done to kind of turn things around. And from downtown Indy's standpoint, they feel as though things are happening to begin to to right that ship, if you will. They feel that things are happening in Indianapolis and the ship is being righted. Yes. I heard that crop properly. Yes, yes. That is that is uh, coming from downtown Indy, that they they believe that as you, you look at the numbers that they uh, are pointing to in terms of uh, activity downtown and those things beginning to come back, uh, that it is a it is a positive story. And that's not look look that's not a surprise. That's that's not they're going to paint certainly paint that picture, but they do attempt to back it up with numbers and and uh, especially as you talk about some of these new projects that are coming online as well. Hey, I, I see that, that businesses are want more and more people in the office. That is good for downtowns. I want to see more of that because I only want to see the, the growth of, of Indianapolis. Like I want to see the growth of Bloomington. Like I want to see the growth of Fort Wayne and, and Evansville and other areas. And it, it, an odd story, though, for Indy, which really I don't think has anything to do with Indianapolis. There is a group, the Society of Professional Journalists, yeah. That just canceled their convention in 60 seconds or less. What the heck happened? Yeah, and I think it's a reflection. I, I cut my eye as well, uh, Tony, a longtime organization, uh, obviously. I think it's, it's, it's more a reflection of uh, the state of, of journalism, and, and in, in particular newspapers and print. And uh, I know from a membership standpoint, they've gone down dramatically, so they've got some real financial issues that they're, that they're facing. They determined they just can't do, uh, can't do the event can't do that annual uh, event in Indianapolis. 
Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on Twitter at IIB. I appreciate you taking the time. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning, Dow Futures. Down 70, NASDAQ futures down 7, and the 10-year treasury at 4.639. What does that mean to you? It means that a 30-year fixed mortgage is now, as of Friday, I should say, the national average was 7.83%. Yeah, you're buying less house. And there's still an argument to buying a house over renting. I was, I was asking uh, uh, producer, producer Jonathan. Uh, whether he he owns a house or he rented, he rents. I'm wait. Am I am I outing you now, Jonathan? Did I just out you? No, it's all good. Okay. Uh, and here's his address. No. Uh, he 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 rents. So we were having just this 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 conversation. He's not buying uh, today. But you did something fascinating as student loan debt came back into vogue. Uh, the the uh, the what do you call it? The pauses are over, and now people are are paying their, their student loan debt again. And of course, uh, as people like NBC are, are, are reporting it, uh, look at what's happening. People are going to have to borrow money. They're going to have to do this, do that, do the other in order to survive. They took the loan. It's not like they have new money to pay back. It's the original money to pay back. You paid off your loans, Jonathan. I did. Very, you're like, very you're like, you're like seven and a half years old. Yeah. <laughs> You're 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 Gen Z. You're 24, 23? 23, yes. And you paid off your student loans. I did. I did. I took all the time that Joe Biden was kind enough to not, you know, have interest compound on those uh, on those loans, and I saved the money that I would have used to pay towards those loans, and just saved it up because, you know, if something magical had happened and they had canceled the loans, and I'd have had a whole bunch of extra money. That obviously didn't happen, so I had that money saved to put towards the loan. So, so the question is, how much of an outlier are you in your generation? Um, did other people do this, or did they say, screw it, the government has to forgive this stuff, I shouldn't have to pay it anyway? I would say most people my age did the latter. Um, it's funny, I was talking to Sean Copeland on one of our, our other stations here, and he was telling me he had read a story about how a lot of people my age, actually, they're in even more debt now, because... They went out and they got credit cards, and so things have really gotten worse for people my age. First, uh, you can say that Sean Copeland hosts mornings on B1057. We don't mind here. We're, oh, okay. It, it, it is in competition. We're all part of the same big radio family, and I crush him. So don't worry. It's totally fine. <laughs> Sounds it's good. totally fine. Uh, Sean does excellent work over, over at B. Um, your it had did no one teach you guys financial literacy now i admit I, I did not get taught the way i needed to and i've argued on this show home ec should be in indiana schools we don't need five years of a foreign language we need kids to understand how to balance a checkbook and how to create an investment portfolio when they're 14 yeah i, I totally agree so my parents were awesome and they taught me a lot of this stuff but in terms of teaching you know students this Every, not every college, most colleges have a mandatory freshman orientation class. And they take all this time and they teach you all this stuff about the university that no freshman student cares about. 
They need to take that time and teach them the importance of paying off loans because most kids who go to college, they have some sort of student loan. They need to take that time to teach these college students the importance of paying it off and how expensive it can be. Yes! 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 That's producer Jonathan just bitch-slapping people all over the place. (laughs) My God! Take that! And this is, by the way, exactly the stuff that matters. Schools should be encouraging kids to start their own investment funds without question. If we want to move something in the state of Indiana, you want to move literacy? I think that's great and that's wonderful. Let's move Hoosiers to being millionaires. Let's do that. I was trying to think of something that would rhyme with Hoosiers and cash, but you guys will come up with it on X at Tony Katz. Um, This is what matters. Balancing a checkbook, understanding budgets. If I buy this, I can't do that. Understanding what debt is. And no, we're not paying off your debt. I'm not paying for you. You majored in puppetry. You went to college, you majored in puppetry. I should pay? No, not unless Matt Bear gets a special puppet show three times a week. And I'm talking about puppets that look like him and they're bench pressing and stuff. So he can, you know, mock their form. Honestly, if anybody can make some vaping bodybuilding puppets that look like Matt Bear, that would be excellent. Just in time for Christmas. Did I ever tell you I had once pitched a television show about puppets uh, utilizing a dating service? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. It was so so good. The shark was racist. It was the best. He wouldn't date a halibut. It was glorious. Why is this not happening? I don't don't know. I don't don't know. It it was puppet match. Um, But... What? Oh, Oh, God. Please tell me this is what you're doing at night at WIBC. Oh, I could. I totally could do that. But that, by the way, for the record, is a true story. So help me God. I did create a, uh, it was going to be a a, a, a dating, uh, uh, it was going to be a show about a dating service. Um, that w- But the, the uh, characters were puppets and some real people. So it was a little bit, little bit Avenue Q-esque. Uh, that's that's true. You make this show, you'll never have to work again. Did I ever tell you? Wait, I know I told you about Love is Blind, which is on Netflix now, but not my version. I know I told you about that. I don't oh. think you have. I don't think you have. Oh, you know what? I'll do it another time. Oh, I'm up against it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We have to talk about our fine sponsor, Boomer Remodeling. don't know what Gavin Newsom is going to do now that he has nominated or uh, announced that uh, LaFonza Butler will be the person to replace the late Senator Dianne Feinstein in the U.S. Senate. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. LaFonza Butler, who is the president of Emily's List, uh, pushing uh, progressive women uh, to to run, helping them run for uh, political office, very much supporters of of abortion. And you would say, well, all right, so she's with Emily's list, whatever. 
Well, he promised that he would nominate a, a black woman, and, and uh, he has done exactly uh, that. So he's much more about checkboxes than he is about what's best for, uh, in, uh, what's best for California. Hey, Tony, are you saying that black women can't be senator? Oh, no. Many, many black women can be senators. But when you say, that's all I'm going to look at, you're not interested in their qualifications. You're interested in the checklist. That's Gavin Newsom's problem. That's his bigotry. But there's a second problem. LaFonza Butler lives in Maryland. I'm sorry, I can't make that up no matter how hard I try. Voting records for the last few years in Maryland. Her Twitter account says that she lives in Maryland. She lives in Maryland. I'm going to say it again. She lives in Maryland. And Gavin Newsom has said, yep, that's her. That's who's going to replace Dianne Feinstein. Senator Checkbox from Maryland. Don't look at me. He's the one who did it. He's the one who said it. What you're angry with me about is that I noticed. No, wait, sorry. We noticed. That's what some people are angry about that we noticed that Gavin Newsom is a bigot and he couldn't even pick somebody from California. Translation, Gavin Newsom didn't think any black women in California were qualified to be senator uh, for the next year and a half until the election. Okay, well, no, you're right, you're right. You should totally have him replace Joe Biden on the ticket. Sounds great. He screwed this up so badly. He screwed this up so bad. I, he Joe Biden the thing. You know, if I was going to reference community, he Britted the thing. He Joe biden the thing. I didn't even think that was possible. I didn't think you could mess it up worse. I, I didn't know you could tell a story that ridiculous. But speaking of ridiculous stories... Jared Bernstein, part of the economic team with Joe Biden. Well, we think Bidenomics is uh, clearly working, and it's not just about the here and now, although it's about that, too. So let's st start with where we are right now. Uh, again, we have real wage gains over the past few months, and that consistently supports strong consumer spending, which is leading to uh, GDP growth estimates that are way above trend for Q3 that I'm sure you've seen. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Bidenomics is clearly working. Do you know how criminally insane this all is? The 10-year Treasury is at 4.65 right now. Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan says it's going to go to 7. Certainly, we could see 5.5 and, and interest rates that get you to 8.5. Do I hear 9? Things aren't fine. Why do they keep telling you things are fine? What's with this gaslighting? And as he says this on CNBC, the bottom third, the lower third, reads inflation nation. And he's talking about the strong consumer spending. 